This week's episode is with comedian, podcaster, and actor, Eddie Delisepi. Uh We chat about how we met in this episode, so I won't bore you with it now. I don't want to make this intro too long because I feel like in the past, these introductions have been too long. Um, but I will say this. Sometimes you get to meet people in this industry who you used to watch before you started. And this is definitely one of those moments, I think Eddie and Deborah for sure. Um, I think my goal with this podcast is just to have every comedian that's been on video on trial because like I'm, I'm obsessive. Like I love that show so much. And I, I, I don't think I'm going to stop until I've had everybody that's been on that show. But uh, that's where I first saw Eddie was on video on trial. That's where I first saw Deborah, And that's when I became fans of theirs. And uh, it's just a real treat when you get to, like I said, talk to people that you actually used to quote at one point in your life, um, which sounds really lame, but I'm a fan of comedy and that's just what it is. Um, Yeah. I'm not going to make it too long, but this is a really fun episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear it and uh, enjoy. if I ask like an annoying amount of questions about video on hey. just because yeah yeah go ahead okay yeah. because I have a lot of friends uh that grew up like watching the show and when I interviewed Deborah they were just like that is so sick like she was just talking about how she got hired there and like yeah. time with. I always have this question though for comedians because I hear like Hunter Collins like joking about it sometimes online and stuff is it a time that like you look back on fondly or is it like cringy never again kind of thing the only the only thing i look back cringe like like in a cringe kind of way is the hair choices the clothing choices <laughs> okay yeah just like stuff like that like oh man i really spiked up my hair huh <laughs> man what's in there dippity do um but the jokes are fun it was always a fun it was a fun show i mean i i liked it because it was mainly um I think comics, we uh, have a, a false sense of accomplishment. Sometimes we're just like, you know, I worked I had a couple emails, wrote a couple of jokes, went on stage, didn't do them. Yeah. <laughs> still had fun, hanged out, came home. I worked. It's like, did you? I mean, that's like nothing. But then with, with video and trial, like they gave us like the videos and to go home and write and like actually, you know, it was felt like a, like an assignment. So, you know, uh, so I look back on those times and be like, oh, it gave me a, a sense of uh, discipline. So, right. Okay. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun with the producers. Uh, and uh, the, the odd thing is we all did the show together, but we were never in the room together. So we kind of, it was kind of like, it was always a solo thing. You know what I mean? Okay. That's it's like, hey, you guys all hang out or you guys all, you know, like we never saw each other ever, maybe in passing at the studio. No way. But we always had this, kinship with each other like we're all part of the show but was never on, on the show like the illuminati a, kind of yeah just like the illuminati <laughs> uh but uh yeah so it was, it was interesting that way it's like uh people always ask me do you and deborah hang out or do you and trevor or whatever and i'm just like i never see them unless it's like at a show that's crazy but I, we're always in the same episode and we're kind of conversing a little bit because the producer says deborah said this about you and then you come back so it's a it was kind of odd that way but okay it sounds like such a fun show to be part of. Like, I'm just thinking if there's, if there's a show that like standups can be on that has nothing to do with stand-up comedy, that would be mm. ideal. Dude, when I, I, I feel like the show is just maybe five years too early. Okay. Be because if it came out during like Instagram video times, it would have oh, been shared yeah. so much more. You yeah. know what I mean? It would have been like more viral stuff. We just kind of had Twitter and a little bit of YouTube. Yeah. You know, it, it could have really, really taken off. I mean, and you never, let's just say you, you, we made fun of Nicki Minaj on Instagram and, the, and, the, and then video on trial posted on their Instagram page. And then Nicki Minaj was like, yo, this is funny. And she reposted. Like it could have been like endless kind of like yeah. reach, but. That does seem like the ideal internet kind of uh, material. Like that's 100% put some subtitles on it. Yeah, like binge-worthy stuff. Like, like you can just flick around and see the whole. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just it was a little bit ahead of its time in that way. Um, 
a little too early, sorry, but um, yeah, it was great. It was fun. As all, you always get people saying stuff like, oh, you know, I'd watch that video, make fun of it. And now you guys are saying stuff that I never thought of. So it was, it was fun. It was, we're really just trolls. We're just trolls. <laughs> we're just like, yes. it, was, it was just trolling. It was just uh, the, the comment section of a, of a video. Right. <laughs> yeah. just, that's exactly what that's like. Yeah, yeah. It was just fun. Um, was that one of the first gigs that you got where you were just like, okay, this is a job now. Like now I'm an established kid. Like what was that? Uh, like, was there something that came after that that was even bigger? And then you were just like, okay, yeah, that was just kind of like to get my feet wet. Or you like- um, It was the first time I felt like, uh, na- uh, like recognition, mm. like stand up. you know how it is. You, you do a couple things on stand up, and maybe even get on television. And you're like, oh, I, I did well, but like no one really sees it. Mm-hmm. no one's like it's eddie from comedy now like, yeah <laughs> it's like no um but those things are all fun and great but it was the first time a like stranger would 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 recognize like hey you're funny and so that, it was a real sense of accomplishment and to this day like you know i still get sometimes people in canada saying stuff like nice nice things which is That's fun cool. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. yeah i um it was brutal on dating apps brutal on dating apps not fun that's got to be really fucked up is it oh. uh, is it as big a deal in the states as it is here in Canada? Uh, no, not not at all. But like when I was like, let's say I was on Bumble or something, and I'd come back home, and uh, then you know I'm just like bored in my parents' basement, swiping around, and like, aren't you from that show? And like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I know, but isn't it the same thing though? As people being like, hey, you're oh, like you're a comedian, tell me a joke type of thing. Yeah, a little bit like that, or. I don't even, that doesn't even, I, (laughs) I, um, had a FaceTime date recently with this guy who, and like guys, I'm not sure how it is with women, but guys always try to like either tell me a joke, like soft pitch me a joke or, uh, just like try to be funny on purpose, but that is actually like terrifying and scary. just feels totally forced, very unnatural. Uh, I don't know. It, it, dating is just not for you me. need a guy you need a guy that's like uh he's got a bit of edge and a little angst and he's <laughs> like hey i got a funny joke you're like i will fucking rip you apart my head like no like because you you're, you're very cutting and you're very like you got a, the, the right amount of attitude on stage where it's like you like for a comic is like this, this this guy's bitter like you know what i mean it's just like it's you don't have that you ever see comics on stage where they're just like okay you're angry i get it but like but you're very cutting you're very funny I, it would be a nightmare to be with some guy who's like uppity and he's got jokes like ugh. <laughs> like oh a puppeteer or some shit i don't know uh, yeah like a uh i always picture uh, that personality to align with guys who do like movie reviews on youtube and stuff and <laughs> really animated movie reviews that would oh. be personal hell for sure to go on a date with somebody like that hey guys did you see that like i can jump off a cliff yeah is it true though that everybody in la is like trying to be a model trying to be an actor like is there anybody that's just like regular in la that's just like chilling or is everybody like trying to be a dj <laughs> everyone's trying to be a dj model um uh there's people here that just are from la that are like i'm not even in show business okay. so my girlfriend's like been here 10 years she works in tech you know there's real people here but when you get to like but the people they meet that are in show business they're like annoyingly in show business it's like when they're in toronto you're like what do you do oh i'm an actor i'm a comic like oh, okay cool but here it's like what do you do and it's like they're an actor and they're a comic but then it comes with uh yeah i'm working on this i'm working on that i'm like i didn't ask i'm also doing this i'm doing that i'm you know my tiktok's growing but i'm trying to like ugh, just i feel like there's constant trying to prove their they're trying to validate themselves because there's so many of them here right that's what's annoying yeah like, that's, i feel like uh, i feel like back home we just throw it away we just throw it out there like someone's like it's almost the worst question if someone we're at a party or something and someone goes hey what do you do and you're like ah oh, i'm a comic you know like i don't want the conversation yeah what's that like you make money at that like yeah here it's like i I can't wait to tell you i lie to people i will fully lie to people i it doesn't i will have as many credit i don't care what it is i'll I'll tell people that i'm an accountant that's what i always go for accountant or student and nobody cares about either of those things so nobody asks you any follow-up oh ubers too like ubers it's like what do you do i go finance 
Yeah, that's perfect. And, and then he'll go, he'll go nope. like, how's, how's that? I'm like, you know, you know, it's, it's money in it. <laughs> and that's all I say. And I'm like, all right. Or to say something they don't understand, like, oh, you know, I'm a, you know, whatever. But Yeah. Oh, God, that's so funny. I used uh, to hate telling people as a comic back home. I used to hate it. It's terrible. It's the worst. I used to hate it. I had no sense of pride in it. You know, when you're a doctor or something, you're like, I'm a doctor, you know, I worked hard, I had been, you know, 10 years in schooling. But for us, it's kind of like, we, we were, we're always thinking ahead. So it's kind of like, if I tell you I'm a comedian, this could go anywhere. This could go, I got a joke for you. Do you know this guy? You know who's funny? This guy or this person. Do you know her? Like, now it's like, what kind of conversation? I'd rather just tell you I'm unemployed. I think I'd, you'd have more respect for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I also uh, wish that it was something I could hide from my family, even though like they, obviously I live with them. They know, like, I just wish that I could not, cause they love oh. Sebastian Maniscalco and like- Of course they do. But they're always like telling me ways that I can be more like him. And I'm like, I could not be further from Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh my God. You were like, not even <laughs> same atmosphere as that guy. I'm like, I have like physical, my knee jerk reaction to watching an act out is throwing up. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I will say this. He is good at what he does. And the Italian side of me can, uh, can, can uh, the, the tone of it. I agree with like, like, look at this guy, like this guy's an idiot. You ever mm -hmm. see people do this, but just the act outs and God bless him. He's uh, you know, fucking megastar. But uh, I just, not my kind of comedy. I don't know. No, yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> like, I'm more of an Attell guy. I like, uh, you know, guys like that. Quick jokes that just stand there and spit it out. Yeah, <clears throat> can't do that either. It makes me lose respect for my own art form, if that makes sense. I'm like, what, I, was, it, what was it about back home that we would see a guy do crazy act outs and we would just lose respect for that person? <laughs> <laughs> I think, what was it? Yeah, I think it's because it's just associated with those uh, like road gigs that are in like old hockey arenas or something, yeah, yeah. you know? There was always like this, I don't know, sense of pride. If you could, if you didn't pander and you bombed, kind of just like stood, you stood there, you said your jokes, it's not going well, you acknowledged it and whatever, you know, you made fun of the room, whatever. But the guys that like really cheerleaded and kind of like, this guy knows what I'm talking about, right? And you know, and just like, <laughs> you just realize he's been talking about sucking dick for like five minutes. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I hated those guys. And God bless them. They're, you know, making money or doing whatever, but. I don't know. Yeah. That's just the populace. There's always going to be some guy that's like, you know, thinks the funniest thing that ever happened to him was when he, his aunt farted. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. That's funny. <clears throat> Do you think there's, um, cause I always find that people that really appreciate well-crafted jokes are like genuine comedy fans. And like, they listen to comedy podcasts, they have favorite comedians and people that get a rise out of, um, you know, like watching someone smack themselves over the head with a microphone are, are not like, they don't take in a lot of comedy. Yeah. I find that people that like listen to comedy albums or like watching a comic who's like really well-crafted jokes. I feel like, I feel like being an entertainer is almost second, which is a, kind of a detriment, mm. you know, in a way. <laughs> but then those, those guys that like, I just want to, I want to be, the life of the party at a show and they're like they can entertain which i envy a little bit because they can just like turn it on and but it feels exhausting doesn't it feel exhausting yeah yeah it's like you gotta be in a good mood what if you're not that's that's what and but i'm kind of envious of that though like i'm yeah kind isn't of, it weird like that can go up and like mike rita like marita lopez like they could be in a bad mood and go on stage and have that anger translate into energy and that yeah. fuels their performance and they do amazing. Whereas like for me, if I'm angry, like you will see it, like there will be some sort of, I will have to address it, I think sometimes. I, I think it's kind of, it's fascinating that they can just, you know, flick the switch and everything is not nice and bright, which I, I, I couldn't do sometimes, but sometimes I'll go up there and just be like, I've had a bad day and just gonna be kind of like cutting and then I'll have better sets. And I'm like, do I gotta be the angry guy now? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. That's worse. That's almost worse, though. If you're just always, if you're not even angry, but you have to pretend to be angry on stage, that's worse. I don't know. I feel like comedy. I, I don't want to rag too much on like this guy does that, she does this. 
um, we're all trying to figure out the best way to make a living at doing something you love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no rules. I guess if you want to go up there and like, you know, wear a top hat, be like, Hey guys. And like, that's your character. <laughs> okay. Um, I just think at the end of the day, uh, if it, if you can go to sleep at night and wake up and be like, this is my career, I can, you know, I'm proud of it. I have a body of work that like, I think people will enjoy, or at least I would enjoy. But if you like wake up and you're like, all right, time to pretend to be this crazy, angry guy on stage or this fucking psycho play character and stuff like that. If you don't enjoy it, I, man, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That sucks. People only know you that way. And you've only built this career this way. But, but I don't think you can maintain it if you don't, if you don't love it. Yeah. Like, I think the audience can see through that. It's like, oh, he's doing this on purpose. Or like, it, but, it translates. But we all play character to a degree. We're all kind of like an extension of ourselves, magnified, whatever. Something that's kind of been like a theme in my stand-up, well, just like in my career, just in general, is like having, and I'm, I always love talking to like veteran comedians like yourself about this because it's just kind of, I find it fascinating, but it's like, when have you always, what's your self-esteem like in <laughs> in comedy? Like, have you does does do you have like this unwavering sense of confidence at all times and no I, I always think that like at any moment they're gonna figure it out that's yeah okay okay at any moment this crowd's gonna be like oh he tricked us for 40 minutes but at 42 minutes we realize it's not funny okay <laughs> right or like i always i don't know what it, i i really do i i i can't imagine going up there being like yeah i'm the funniest guy in the room like <laughs> i don't know it's just i don't know it's a weird sense of confidence i mean i have confidence i think i'm a good at what i do but i i'm not it's not bulletproof i don't think at any moment i don't i don't think that it will ever uh that it's un- unpenetrable like i think that's like i can bomb at any moment any joke could not hit yeah yeah, yeah. i get really hung up on that exactly what you said like okay they're gonna figure it out somebody's on to me yeah i'm not as funny as i think i am and somebody's gonna call me out on it there's gonna sometimes, be a spontaneous comedy quiz and i'm gonna fail yeah. sometimes i feel like i get away with it when i when i walk off a stage for like a 10 minute set and does really well Ooh, i got away with it yeah <laughs> i don't know what that comes from but right uh. that's interesting that's wild i uh don't think that it's something that is like I think it's something you need to work on. Like, it's not something that I can, um, or like for anyone that whatever thinks like that, any artist, it's not something that just happens like overnight. Like, it's not like, okay, I'm going to get this credit. And then I'm going to stop thinking that they're going to figure me out. And I'm going to fully believe in myself. It's like, no, you will get that credit uh, while you don't believe in yourself. And it's not going to change anything. You have to like actually do work on that. I wonder if it's like a, like a survival technique for us to keep writing. I wonder if it's when you, if innately, like deep down, we think if I admit that I'm great, I'll stop working at trying to be great. Right. I wonder if that's like subconsciously we do that to ourselves because we're afraid. Remember when you're starting out and you'd be like at an open mic and you see some guy who's full on bombing, never acknowledged it, doesn't act like he did, comes off stage, acts, doesn't act ashamed. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, that was great. That was fun. I'm like, fun. For who? <laughs> you know, like, and he was just oblivious, him or her. You're just like, I don't want to be that. You can't grow that way. Yeah. You know, you if you want to get stronger, you 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 have to think you're not strong. Yeah. It's just I just like I always found guys like that. What world do you live in where that was fine? Right. I I did well, and I can't even say that out loud. And I still think I bombed. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't know. So I think it's a survival technique for us. I think it's for comics that want to be great writers or have great jokes. But if you, if you, think, you're, you, think, you if you think you're great, then you're not going to work at it hard enough. Interesting. Okay. See, because now the, I, I totally agree with that. I'm somebody who conflates self-worth with, uh, not self-worth, self-awareness with self-doubt. Whereas like, if I'm not like doubting myself, then I'm not self-aware. And I think yes. it's that reason that you just said, where it's like, okay, these people clearly have not an ounce of self-doubt, but they are plummeting uh, into insanity. And it's like, I, I don't want to be that insane person at a show who thinks they did great and actually did not. 
yeah like you ever see someone who's like who doesn't know they're in a shitty relationship you yeah just like, it's almost <laughs> the same thing like don't you see he sucks <laughs> like, yeah. like no it's it's fine like no it's not fine like yeah. so yeah self-awareness is such a big thing yeah such a big thing but yeah. you can get this as you're getting better you know and you're doing better on stage and you're having a better career because you're so used to that sort of muscle of like picking apart everything you do and thinking it's not good you have less things to pick pick apart and now you're really picking on things that everyone else would be like what like ah oh, that tag yeah. bombed oh fuck mm -hmm. set it's like no one noticed you still killed yeah Why do you or that one person wasn't laughing or like i think i heard someone like i think i saw someone on their phone at the back Ugh, like like man now you're really nitpicking that's when it gets a little dangerous because now like now you're not even enjoying it when you should when you've earned it okay. so it's like a little you have to be a little yeah you have to give it to yourself a little bit sometimes you're like i had a great set i was a fun i was i felt awesome everyone had i had a good time everyone said I had a good time i'm not going to dwell on one thing that didn't go right i i've learned to do that over time Okay. I was going to say that sounds really healthy. That's not where I'm at. I'm definitely <laughs> falling into that, the unhealthy category. But that took, that took like 10 years, 12 years to be like, not look at one set that did really well and be like, yeah, but that tag bombed. And that was the only thing I wanted to say tonight and fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm definitely one of those people that's like, I, I will poke holes in like the positive things that people say, but will always believe the negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be like, you're right. Yes. My, or, and then I'll pay. I can't watch myself on video. I can't listen to my own voice. Uh, yeah. cause anything, even if like the set was good and I'm like happy with it, uh, I'll be like, well, your nostrils were flaring. Uh, your blazers is weird choice. Doesn't translate on camera. Very, like there's never anything. It's never like, okay, this is fine. This is fine. I think we're, yeah, you're, you're hard on yourself. We're all hard on ourselves, but I think, I think for you, I think, uh, not, I don't know you that well. I mean, I know you well in comedy, but I don't know like personally, but I think for you, it must've been tough because you started really young, like really, really young, like 15, right? 14. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've had like strangers, uh, watching you on stage. It, it must be a, it, a way it must have shaped the way you view yourself because it's just like man i mean how many kids have that experience not a lot it's one thing to be in, like in a play where like you can lean on the words and you have other people but just you as a kid is it's fascinating I, I think there's probably something to that yeah what because think about think about think about kids that are like on, on like instagram right now that are 14 we weren't on instagram we we're 14 no yeah but now you have a now you have a like oh how do i look in this picture how do i look like how do i i didn't care remember when you were a kid you're like how did i look for who yeah <laughs> so it, so i think when you were it may you're tougher than you give yourself credit for it's just that you're trying to like navigate yourself like like i don't know you're trying to figure out why i feel this way about myself but like i mean were you, were you when you started as a young kid man i, I couldn't have done that that was wild you should be very proud of yourself that's great <laughs> <laughs> that's very nice uh thank you for saying that um that's very hard for me to listen to by the way like whenever people start talking about how young i was when i started comedy I start cringing because I'm like, please don't give me a compliment. Uh, this is making me uncomfortable for some reason. I remember, I remember when you'd come at shows, I'd be like, look at this lady made her kid watch her bomb. Oh, it's the kid who's bombing. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I don't think a lot of people know you were at the second show that I ever did. Um, Betty's? Betty's at Betty's. You were there with Matt O'Brien. You gave my brother a cookie. I went did i yeah <laughs> and he was so amazed he was like that guy from video on trial gave me a cookie and i was like no why did like, i give him a cookie for we were i don't know i think maybe you were just done eating it and you're like i'll give it to somebody. <laughs> this kid will eat it for sure man that's yeah not good uh and my mom was there sleeping in the corner and i remember you talked to her about something i can't remember exactly what but she it was, you just like, you touched my entire family, me, my brother, my mom, we were all just like struck by our experiences with you. And we were like was, talking about I, it in the car. We were like, what did he say to you? And we're like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. And my brother was, we we're all very excited that you had spoken to us that day. I think, I think I remember 
whenever I go to Betty's across the street with Subway sandwiches and I'd always go in and get cookies. And sometimes, and the guy knew me because I've been, I've been there so many times. He'd give me like an extra one, like, here, give you an extra cookie. I'm like, oh. So I think I gave one to your, I go, I don't know. I mean, I hope I didn't do it like in a kind of like a, like a kind of like a, like an athlete kind of like seeing a family. <laughs> here you go, kid. And like, he's like, whoa, you know? <laughs> no, no, it was, I think it was that. I think it, it was a okay. full cookie. It wasn't like half eaten. Uh, oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah, good. The full one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, but what a great memory! I don't have that with a lot of people. I think it's like, yeah, like you, um, Mike Wilmot was at one of my shows. It's always amazing, like looking back at the comedians that you didn't know. Like when I saw Mike Wilmot for the first time, I was like, "This is just a hilarious old man." Mm. And then you become aware of who he actually is, and you're like, "What a treat that was!" Like, yeah. I you know you're new to comedy and you're just like watching these pros kill who like you just don't know about their reputation yet and you're wondering why they're so funny mm -hmm. and then you actually get to know them and meet them and it's like he's a sweetheart he's yeah a great great guy I, yeah. he's he he seems like he's been the same age my whole life yes yes you know, weird. i remember him seeing one say this guy's a he's a funny old man and then you find out he's in, it's like not that old. I think he's like eight <laughs> years older than me. <laughs> no, he's uh, he's great. I mean, uh, so I remember hearing the legends of him coming up. Remember when you were a kid, you just hear like these little chatters like Mike Wilmot. Yeah, he was in England. He, he was big in England. Yeah. And then uh, I remember seeing him out here. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. He's very funny. Yeah. He, he always felt like he should have been a, uh, he would have been great on like Curb or some, like he just like, he's such a character, such a great, such a funny guy. Yeah. No, he's, he's amazing. I mean, I love him for the same reason. I love David Tell, mm -hmm. um, which is just like that unfiltered kind of like grumpiness. You like um, a grizzled guy, huh? On so you like, a, you like yeah. a grizzled guy. Yeah. 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 I, I think Mike Wilmot is probably the only comedian that could actually go on stage and be real life mad and it translate as just charming and endearing. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good days. Betty's Betty's is fully renovated now at the top. It's just looks like an Ikea catalog, which really sucks. Uh, uh, yeah, they got rid of all of those couches and like the clutter. It's just like white and beige. I've never had a good time there. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good time downstairs. Yeah. Out. It was a great hangout, but upstairs, I never, I never walked out of there feeling like, you know, yeah. my career is going places i always i was like a beat down and i kept going back yeah i was like this kind of like oh, i'm just gonna do it you know <laughs> but uh, brian was great and still is great, uh, great yeah. guy. what i hope you don't mind if i ask this but when did you move to la and when did you decide to make that decision was it something that like you felt you had to do or was it one of those things where like you're like okay now every comedian in toronto thinks that i should do it so i'm just gonna go do it um I moved, I, I applied for my green card and I remember in 2011, uh, I lost the great Canadian laugh off. I came in second and it was about, I think the, the prize back then was like $25,000 and I was like swimming in debt. And I was like, I need this. I came close to winning. I came in second place. And I remember being at Yuck Yucks. I was in the in the hallway upstairs. You know those like the, those like where the that staircase that goes all the way up past where the bathroom ones is another staircase. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember crying, and my girlfriend was like at the time was like consoling me. She's like, "It'll be fine." I just was like, oh, "So I needed the money," which is the worst way to get into any competition if you need it, <laughs> you know. And I was like, not doing. I was doing well, but I was. That's the thing with Canada is that you know you'll see someone and you'll be like, "You're killing it," and like I'm there's not a lot of industry here. So it's hard for me to get gigs. <clears throat> you know, I, I, I was doing well in some respects, but also not, I don't know. So, um, and then I remember having this revelation moment, like maybe a week later being like, this either goes two ways. Either I keep fighting <clears throat> for things that I have either already gotten or, you know, want to repeat or things that are just like, maybe not interest me. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm getting, I'm going out for McDonald's commercials and being like, oh, I'm getting bummed out that I didn't get called back. It's not what I want to do. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to double down. So I'm going to go for my green card. I'm going to go for, I'm going to try to move to, move to the States. And I remember my manager at the time who 
uh, you know, I won't say who he is, but he used to run a show at the Rivoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> he, I told him, I go, I'm thinking about, you know, I want to move to the States. I want to move to LA. He's like, ah, got to get a job offer first. I'm like, really? He's like, and I go, what about a green card? Like, I mean, those are impossible to get. I mean, you'd have to get a job offer first. I was like, oh. And then I asked a buddy who was an immigration lawyer. Uh, and he said, uh, I go, what thing about applying for a green card? And he goes, um, those are for like, someone wanted like a, a, like a, a scholar, like a scholar or a scientist or someone who's won a prize or like, you know, you know, uh, that's a comment. You're not going to get a green card. And we were like, a, and you know him, the immigration lawyer. Um, okay. so, so I was like, so a person, a lawyer and my manager both told me, don't do this. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be out money and know than have money and never know. Yeah. So I took out a loan and I, uh, I talked to, I found a lawyer through a friend, uh, another lawyer. She was based out of here, but she was from uh, Richmond Hill originally. I told her everything that I, all my accomplishments, she's like, I think you got, I think you got something You're on national television for five years. You have, you know, multiple festivals. They have all this stuff. You got enough. I'm like, really? Okay. So I applied, got it. And I didn't tell anyone really. I kind of told people like, you know, you always hear like thinking about moving down there and no one really does it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we, a lot of people just like saying that, but like, what's, I'm like, I've started the process. Like, what does that mean? Like, you, you know, <laughs> you've written a letter like I don't know what that means so I, I I would say that too but I was actually you know doing it and then I got it and I'm gonna tell my friends I'm like really like yeah and then I moved the the like the year later and um yeah I mean it was a it was tough it was tough to like build something and then and then say I'll be back you know like I think I was getting recognized on the subway I felt good I was headlining clubs across the country you know i'd be at the downtown you know feeling like a you feel like a god you 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 know you have great sets there you're just like man this is like the biggest city in the big in 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 the country in the biggest club and i'm having a great set Uh, you feel great yeah but for me i just know my personality i was the guy at the back of the room being bitter i was just bitter I was just like, you know, talk shit like this, like, fuck, I got to go to Ajax next week or fuck this or fuck that. Or I got to work with this idiot or this guy's got this or fuck, you know, I was just like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be making fun of comics not doing well who are young to start now. I was like, I was brutal. I don't know if you heard, I'm sure you heard, like I, I used to be brutal. I've never, I've literally never heard anything negative about you. I used to be so brutal. Like I remember Brian had a good friend of mine told me like that some of the amateurs found out that I was going to host amateur night and they were terrified. I'm like, why? He goes, he's going to rip us all apart. (laughs) It's like, why? Because I'm in the back of the room, just kind of snickering, making fun of this guy's hair, making fun of this guy's look, making fun of this guy's act. I was just like, you know, I I was, I was getting worse. The last from like 2012, like for two years, I was getting bad. And I was just like, it, this only goes one way. Okay. I'm only going to get worse. worse though? Like what was making that worse? Just being in the Canadian circuit and you're like, I need to change. I, I just was like, uh, I, I always had aspirations for more. I always wanted to move here. Yeah. But. Uh, because I was getting a little bit of shine, I was like, maybe I th- maybe I gotta stay here. I mean, look, I'm doing well, mm-hmm. but that wasn't enough for me, and uh, I was starting to realize it, you know. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was making me. So then I was like, you know, you go to go two ways. Either you, either I'm gonna open my eyes, be 45, and just be fucking dreading picking up some young comic who's got hope in his eyes to go mm-hmm. do a gig that I had done before and hate, but I need the money. <laughs> that sounds like, like every road gig that I've been on. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm waiting at Kipling station for some fucking idiot in a backpack to show up to <laughs> sit, sit in my car and ask me, you know, how much I make a year and then go, <laughs> go to the, some drive two hours in the snow, go to some gig and realize they don't have a spotlight and like, great and fucking yeah. tell jokes and, half bomb get back in the car and he asked me to drop me off at home and like this is like i know it's because i was the other guy i, I just don't want that mm-hmm. i yeah. don't want to be that so 
uh, that's when I said, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all my chips into uh, on this one hand and be like, let's see what happens. And it's, it's worked out so far. I think so. Well. And Canada's, Canada's like your mom's house, which you are currently in. But you know, uh, <laughs> it's always there. It's always like, hey, come back. We got a hot meal for you. Yeah. How is it out there? You know, it's like it's the exact same way. So. That's so funny. Oh man. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like. I feel that too. I, I feel myself, maybe not bitter, but I do feel myself getting a little bit like, okay, th- like wanting to be on shows of quality mm. and just being like, this is an art form. It deserves to be respected. And I feel like a lot of audiences in Canada don't see it that way. They just see it as like a fun thing to do. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say w- with that, but I just, I, I feel know, like I, I, I know more- what you mean highly respected you know I, I, I was having moments where i was like doing i would do a show comedy bar and do well have fun i'm sorry I, i'm like sorry I, sorry i do a show comedy bar and then walk off stage and not be happy and i do a show yuck yucks or like you know 200 people there of saturday night you do a 50 minute spot you're just like you feel on top of the world and then you walk off stage you're like i'm still not happy i'm like i mean is it like because i'm not telling jokes i want to tell is it i'm not doing it i i it, this is my own personal battle. I'm not saying everyone in Canada is like, you know, you guys are, why are you there? I, I, I enjoy it so much more coming back mm-hmm. as a visitor and I appreciate so much more. And I actually felt, feel like I did when I was starting out way more when I do these shows back home. It's so I think I needed to, to switch it up. And plus, you know, growing up in Toronto, i never moved. Yeah. You know, it's not like I came from Ottawa or came from Winnipeg or came from some other part of town, uh, the country, where it's like, I'm here, I'm Toronto, and fully embraced it and appreciated it. And like, oh, I'm on the subway. And dude, I've, I've run subway since I was 12. Like, it's like, I was done with the city and I love the city. I think yeah. that was a lot of it too. Okay. Yeah, that's that makes total sense. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because when you move to the States, the whole thing is like, you start from the bottom. Was that true for you? And did that kind of like propel you to want to like move back? Did you ever think it was a mistake or were you just like, okay, great. I'm happy to be here. This is the solution that I needed. I, uh, are, are your parents both from, from Portugal? Are they both from Portugal? Uh, my mom's Italian. Dad's Portuguese. Okay. So, and you're first generation, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Cause I don't know if they're born here, but <clears throat> I have that immigrant mentality because my mom's from South America and my dad's from, from Italy where as soon as I got here, I was like, I could not look my dad in the eye and be like, LA is hard. And then he'd be, he'd look at me and be like, you speak the language. No one's pointing you out for being a foreigner. Yeah. Uh, you have an, a skill that you're currently applying that doesn't involve breaking your back or using your hands. Yeah. How is this hard? Yeah. That's all I could think about was my dad. Like, uh, if it would have been hard if I had said, I'm going to move to China, I'm going to move to Japan and do comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and maybe, but like, I'm not saying that LA is easy, but I, I just don't think this is, I could never complain. I just could think about my dad immigrating. Like I could never complain. All right. Stuff sucks. Like some stuff's like I'm at a, I'm doing a shitty bar show for nobody. And, and I'm clearly been doing comedy for 15 years. And what am I doing here? But it's still better than breaking my back working a construction job. So um, yeah. that's all I could think about. It kept me humbled. I kept, it kept me like from wanting to move back. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it win. Right. Our parents never let it win. Our grandparents yeah. never let it win. They weren't like showed up in Canada or U S or whatever and go like, well, back to being a farm boy in fucking rural Europe. Yeah. They made it work. Right. So that's what kept me going a lot. That immigrant mentality was, and I think a lot of my friends were like, fifth generation Canadian that are like fucking white as hell. They don't like what? Like they just don't get it. Like we see it. Yeah. That's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. 100%. I mean, like, I mean, as young as I could remember, my dad would tell me stories about like, he came here when he was 11 and like had to learn the language and like people made fun of him because he didn't speak English. And yeah, it definitely does keep things in perspective for you. Um, yeah. My dad moved in when he was 25 or moved oh, there when he was 25. So it's like, wow man like you know you you are fully grown up yeah like you you have a way of life and then you just said completely just switched flip flip the switch in every aspect of it 
from like seeing snow for the first time to like the language to like where you live to learning how to pronounce your street name. I, I just could like for me to land here and being like, ah, no one knows me. Yeah. That's <laughs> like I couldn't. I know that's why one thing about immigrant parents is that I will say is that they didn't understand simple concepts of like, you know, having a sleepover at my friend's place or like, why do you want to do this? Or why do you want to? But yeah. the, co- the idea of not complaining I, 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 is ingrained in me. So, and then when I was in Canada and I was starting to complain, I was like, okay, I got to switch it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really cool that you're like, <clears throat> Close with your family like that, though, because uh, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I did. I did learn that, and I, I was. I just observed it from both from both of them. I was like, man, you're just. Uh, you guys just showed up here, huh? I, I this is stuff I learned later on in my 30s. You know. Yeah, I think that I have like <clears throat> definitely the complex where I'm like, okay, I can't make a move like that unless everybody is an agreeance that I should do it, like waiting for like other Toronto comedians to like call the shots for me type of thing. Or it's like, okay, I'm not gonna record an album until like this group of people thinks that it's it's time for me to do it. I'm definitely like that where, where I'm just like, I, but I'm trying to be less less like that for sure. And I think that, I think to a certain degree, it's, it's not in there somewhere. Cause like you said, it started when I was young, I think to a degree, you kind of have like this blind, unwavering self belief system mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. And then the more that you get exposed to, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's Canadian entertainment or just entertainment in general, you just become so much more aware of these like social rules, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And that's what holds you back and creates so much like self doubt. I find it's hard because because Canada doesn't have as much industry as it does here. The back of the room back home meant a lot, which means, you know, the comics, their respect, what they think of you, if they're quoting you, if they're like, you know, stopping what they're doing and going to go watch you perform. It's, we lived and died by that, which is sad because the audience is number one. Yeah. Comics don't buy tickets. People buy tickets. Yeah. But we, because there's so much of a hang, there was so much, you know, camaraderie there because we're all, we're all not getting a lot. Yeah. All we have to do is grade each other by what we say. Yeah. Which made, kept you honest as a comedian, made you good, but also was a lot of self-doubt. Like you said, like, Oh, I've only been doing it eight years. Should I release an album? They're all going to like, think, why is he doing this? Yeah. Or like, Oh my God, I'm really putting myself out there on social media. I'm going to get ripped apart by my friends. Like that's what I think. That's my first thought. I'm like, who is shitting on this from their toilet this morning? Somebody but that then I you, then you think about young people coming up now and they're just like, oh, they just put it all out there. They don't care. Yeah. So there's a fine line between both. I feel like comics, caring what com- comedians think um, is, you know, you want you want your peers admiration, but like for them to dictate how you, your next steps of your career, it's like, that's nah, not good. Yeah. You gotta, yeah, that's not good. Because we're trying to make happy, you know. Yeah, exactly. You just have to like be able to delineate between the two, and it's like, yeah, I get it's weird though. It's like when I started out, um, most of my friends were like, I yeah, I used the term friends loosely because there certainly weren't any forty year olds trying to hang out with me after shows. But I had a lot of peers that were like in their thirties or forties, and now all of my friends are my age, and it kind of makes you a little bit more not self conscious. But before there wasn't the fear of like, not am I doing enough, but like, am I posting enough on social media? Cause like most people weren't, mm. uh, but now because everybody's, most of my friends are like in their twenties and everybody's using social media. I feel how, like social how old media, are you? How old are you? At 23. Oh my God. You must be like around your friends are 23, just rolling your eyes. Like it's fuck. I mean, I don't have a lot of friends that are not comedians though, thankfully. I know me too, but you must be like, because you've been doing comedy at that point, what, eight years? Yeah. Well, and it, comedy toughens you, it forces you to like speak to adults who have real problems. Like you, what do you, like when you're 15 on stage, what are you gonna like, some guy who was like literally, or some woman who was like finished a shift at work and was, wants to watch some comedy. And like, what do you have to say about life? You know? Yeah. So you have to like mature fast or at least fool them that you're mature. <laughs> and then you got your friends are 23 being like, ah, oh, you won't text me. You're like, what? I bombed yesterday. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, how does this, like, this is not going to matter. It's like, you don't understand guys. None of this is going to matter in five years or 10 years. Yeah, like, you know oh I mean? my God. I, I think, <laughs> I, I think he, I think he likes my friend more than me. Like I literally tanked in front of 300 people <laughs> in a town. I don't even care about. <laughs> Oh God. Like, it must be hard for you for like normal young people. That's yeah. weird. I just seem like I really don't. I feel, I, I just seem very disinterested and truly I am. Cause I, I just don't, not that I don't see like the value in it. I obviously, they are real problems because everybody's got, you know, whatever. Their be, being a comedian at 14 and being 23 now, the only person that can relate to you in terms of that attitude is like a, is like a teen mom. <laughs> It's like you're both looking at you like, right? Yeah, it's hard. Fuck yeah. Like they don't these kids don't know, understand what real fucking life is. Like they have no clue. Like, what do you do? I have a baby. Are you? I, I tell jokes. Like it's, it's, I think you, you those two people, you and, and teen moms can get it because you lived a life when you were a kid. You have no choice. You had to grow up fast. Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's kind of weird. That is the funniest. That is the most accurate, funny explanation I've I've ever heard of that. You got teen mom energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for giving me that. What a gift. Oh, what a gift. Much well, like a baby as a teen. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying like you matured fast. Like you had to, you had no choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, and yeah. Your friends are behind you. They're way behind you. I guess. I mean, I, I, again, I have like a really small, like I only have like two friends that are not comedians and I only talk to them because like I've known them forever. So like, and they're also <clears throat> pretty um, jaded. And uh, they'll be they'll be there forever. It's just, uh, yeah. uh, friends. I have no friends that are not comedians. And sometimes yeah. I'll go out with my girlfriend and her friends, and I'll listen to them talk and be like, "Wow, uh, yeah, wow, people do this a lot." And I, I can't say that without sounding like a complete asshole. And like the fake the fake laughs that people have, like the fake, you know, like the group kind of like bullshitting stage where everybody's uh, being nice just for the sake of being nice. It's like, I hate this so much. My, my girlfriend will watch, will watch like Kirby enthusiasm. She'd be like, God, this guy's you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you think I'm like, yeah, like I'll do stuff. Like I'll hear people laughing and the table over. I'm like, nothing, yeah. nothing's that funny. No. <laughs> What, 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 yeah. could they, what could possibly be that funny i bet you went on that table and you said what were you laughing at well we're laughing at this picture of this cat look at it and like yeah what i hate Kill that yourself <laughs> weird like social setting stuff like i don't know like catty behavior and stuff like that it's just like in our community right like comedians like i you know you just call them out on it go back and forth have like a little whatever but when it's like real people they are offended by that like you can't oh my god oh my god i did that to one of my girlfriend's friends it was like complaining about about guys but also mentioned she was doing one night stands before that and i was just like ripping on her and my friends are all her friends are like oh my god like no this is not a personal attack this is me this is a show of endearment meanwhile if i was with my friends i mean my buddy has a i have a friend who's a widow and i make fun of him it's like yeah Oh man, it's hard. It's hard because we can only be friends with each other. Yeah. It's so hard. Uh, Cause it's just like the bullshit banter. And that's why dating is also hard. Like dating people that aren't comedians fucking sucks. You're just like, I'm gonna have to fake laugh at something that you said to make you feel like I don't want to end my life in this conversation. I, I, I think, I, I think I found the right, this applies to men and women or whoever you date. I think I found the, I think I found the groove for comedians. And I just talked to, I talked to a friend about this. Who's also a comic who just recently was with some, uh, found a, a boyfriend for the first time in a long time. And she was like, this is true. This is, a, this is who we need to date. You got to find someone who's shy and not boring. Yes shy yes. and not boring shy and not boring that's the perfect groove because you find someone who's not boring and not shy they're like like she he should be the comedian like yeah. <laughs> but if you find someone who's boring and shy you're like oh come on live a little so it's it's like where they're like not no one's trying to upstage anybody yeah. but I don't it's just there's like fine groove men and women you find a guy who's shy and not boring so when you're so when you're w with each other you make each other laugh but when you're with groups of people he's not trying to like 
show you up or trying to be like the life of the party like ugh. yeah that's yeah it's disgusting that's <laughs> okay shy and not boring i'm gonna keep looking out for that Isn't actually it? i am talking to this guy right now who is shy and not boring and i was wondering why i was still talking to him i was like i don't talk to anybody for longer than probably a month probably less probably honestly probably less i usually give it about three days before i'm like okay this is either gonna whatever keep going or not mm-hmm. i've been talking for a while and i think i finally figured out why shy he's shy and not boring shine i tell all your girlfriends i tell all your guy friends it's fine yeah. shy and not bo- if you're if you're going regular person mm-hmm. shy and not boring. Going regular that, person. I, it took me 38 years to realize that <laughs> <laughs> perfect shy and not boring i love that um well i guess we're out of time yeah, we're out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. Uh, hey, I guess we'll goodbye. do it because that I feel like that's very inspiring. A lot of listeners, uh, my twelve listeners, will really appreciate. And my uh, podcasts are like you know it's funny like a lot of comments will say stuff like uh, podcasts. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna jump into that pool, and yeah. I guess the comedy pool was really low. Like we all, <laughs> these are different pools. You just got to jump in and hope you know it's a war of attrition like i think how many shows you did before you got any traction like thousands yeah same thing with podcasts just keep cheering them out and someone's gonna be like discover them and and uh and uh binge and be like i'm a big fan so and you'll look back and be like wow i started out with 12 listeners yeah well or or you'll quit and then do another one with a friend who knows yeah yeah it'll work out um do you want to plug anything at the end i know you have a podcast would you like to yeah, uh, a podcast called For Fact's Sake, uh, which is uh, doing well. It's climbing the charts. Uh, and uh, I got an album called Little Jerk. You can find that on Spotify and uh, Apple Music, all that stuff. And uh, follow me on Instagram at Eddie Delaseppi. If you can't type that, if you can't spell it, just type in Eddie Della and you'll find me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Eddie. No problem. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. I hope that uh, whatever I get to see you sometime soon, if you come back to Toronto, shows come back, whatever. Um, you get a vaccine and give a cookie to your family. It'll be great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> give them a cake. Come back and feed us. We're waiting. <laughs> yeah. <for you>. yeah. <laughs> great, great talking to you.